Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com. You're probably already there. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song with his wife, Sarah, that you just heard. He's going to sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos works on JackieCation.com the website. There are many ways to support the show. The Amazon link is one. You can use an Amazon link from JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com to go to Amazon. You order like normal and it supports the show. There is a straight up donation button, PayPal or Venmo to this uh, email address that is mine, Jackie at JackieCation.com, where you can just donate to the show if you like the show a lot. I think PayPal has figured out a way to do a monthly. If you want to go monthly, please do. Other ways to support the show if you want to is you can buy merch. There's Dork Forest t-shirts and all the shirts are union made here in America. So they run a little big. Union Bayside. So if you want to look up their size chart. And then the other merch is my stand-up merch. On JackieCation.com, you can watch me do stand-up. You can look at my schedule and the stand-up merch, a couple of different t-shirts, couple of different enamel pins, and all my CDs and my DVD. If you want to live stream my DVD, it's over there at ComedyFilmNerds.com. They have a live streaming capability, or you can get a hard copy of the DVD on my website. Oh, there are premium episodes at Bandcamp. TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com has probably 10 episodes that were done live. They cost me a couple of bucks to make, so I charge you a couple of bucks. If you've run out of regular episodes, go over to TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com and get some more. Other than that, I say this. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room uh, with Caitlin Gill, you guys, returning to the program. Hello, one and all. Welcome back at Robot Caitlin. Caitlin with a C. That's me, Caitlin with a C, and all eyes, all proper vowels. All proper vowels. No so. offense, however you spell Caitlin, go for it. It's right. a wild world. <laughs> right. There's Yeah, and at this late date, it seems a weird. I used to have a friend back in college who was all invested in the E on the end of her name, Anne. <sighs> you have to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows it's there. Nobody knows it's there. It's she's still she's still all all interested in it. I was fierce about it for a time. I was never a Katie. I was very. Oh, no. I, I was not. You I was always a Caitlin. Right. I would tolerate Kate. You don't mind you if can't. I lie down? Oh do you? please! Oh. Honestly, I was about to. You have a very comfortable living room. Thanks uh, for the listener. Can I remove my shoes? Please, I'm I have. Ask just because you should. If you're like, hey, what's that odor in my room? You should know that I'm a hardworking woman with hardworking sneakers. Hardworking. You're. Yeah. You I can. don't think they're smelly. I'm just. Uh, you know. Yeah, you gotta. You, I'm yeah. Just gonna casually. I should probably oh, have given you this couch. No, but, this uh, is exactly how I would sit to enjoy and consume most of my favorite things. Oh, I am lounging go. across a chair. Across a chair. These are our new... We bought furniture like adults. These uh, the, the couch and this the love seat match. This is furniture. They really do. And then we got it at the place Living Spaces. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which so. sounds like a sitcom for furniture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, and elevator pitch. Uh, I enjoyed that a great deal. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh uh, my god, that's funny. This town ruins you. It's so great. Somebody asked me. They said, um, "Hey, I'm staffing a, a late night show. Would you want 
I assume if you wanted to be in the writer's room, you would be in a writer's room. Oh, that's And I said, well, that's very ambitious of you to think that I have that kind of power. But you are correct. I don't want that job. And uh, and she was like, oh, that's what I thought. And I said, yeah, uh, I don't know that if I wanted a job, I could just go out and get one. Right. But I do love that you think that I could. Nice uh, writer person. That is a good feeling. writer person. It is a good feeling. That is a, not to get, you know, deep about it, but that is a thing where like, I, uh, this is a scary business. Yeah. Certainly for, I'll speak for myself. I don't know where rent is coming from all the time. Nope. You just got to grasp at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it, and you also have to project this confidence that everything's fine and okay. Right. And you don't care. And you are totally fine with it. And I don't know if that I am or if I've just adapted to that reality to a point where it's Oh, it's very of... much. There's a reason. I think they wrote fake it till you make it here right. in Los Angeles. Can you um, just be built entirely out of coping mechanisms? <laughs> Is there a way that he, like, I'm not sure there are organs in there. Just little facsimiles of, of exactly. things that are supposed to work. But oh yeah, God. your friends always think your uh, your friends are always convinced they're doing terrible and you're doing great, and you're convinced of the same thing. Right, right, and or, or you can see that everyone's just doing. They're getting what Fred Armisen said to me many years ago, and and I barely talk to Fred anymore. But uh, and he doesn't remember saying this because that's the, be- <laughs> the best things that we've ever said. Yes, nobody remembers saying them. He said, "You get what you get." You do. And in his case, he oh. wanted to do the road, yeah. but he was trapped into doing Saturday Night Live. The grass will always be greener somewhere. You can see it <laughs> if you peer hard enough beyond your own expansive right. lawn. Right. And I was like, dude, he said, I said, you could do the road. You could do whatever you want. You have SNL. And he goes, nobody's going to wait for my costume changes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you are correct. Yeah. You are, uh, that, that triple run is going to be very irritating. Yeah. For people. Yeah. So anyway, Caitlin Gill Hi. at Robot Caitlin. That's me. Uh, I'm at Robot stand-up Caitlin. comic. At Caitlin uh, is tall on Instagram. Caitlin is tall on Instagram. I am in fact tall. Because you are tall. And your new album's coming out. It is. In like two days after, after this drops. Oh, yes. And, uh, and we're going to go celebrate it all over the place in August. We are. I'm very excited that you can join me. Uh, we will be in, uh, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Pet, uh, August 15th. August 16th is, uh, is, pe- is Petaluma? use your words, San Francisco. And August 17th is Petaluma. Okay. So we are blitzing the bay right away. And then I go to Eureka on the 22nd and uh, will you Salem find on something? the 23rd. And I will. And I'll shout about it. Uh, probably gold <laughs> in a hat. Uh, you do in Salem? I am. Cap City Comedy Theater. Uh, and then bopping up to Helium, and then on the 28th in Portland, and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. you join me once again in Seattle. Uh, I right. believe that one's at Fremont Abbey on the 30th. And um, that's, is that all August? That's all August. And nice. then I keep going to Boise, Idaho on the 6th, I want to say. Let's just go with September 6th. And right. then off to Denver. Uh, let's say that one's September 12th. Then Vegas, then home, September right. 22nd for a big old party. Big old party. At Dynasty Typewriter with Meatball the Drag Queen and Open Mike Eagle. I'm just a little bit excited. Yeah, yeah. Those are all, these are all quality gigs uh, where you can see Caitlin Gill. And I'm going to be on the shows as well, some of those shows as well. And that'll be super fun. And the name of your album is Major. Major. Uh, August 2nd. Here's what we know. 
Here's what we've, uh, we, and when I say we, me, Jackie Cation just found out that if uh, 10 people buy the album on the day it comes out, it has a better, 10 fucking people, 10, 10 lousy people, uh, you have a better chance of uh, making number one or two on the iTunes list, which then you can screenshot and use as a credit for the rest of your life. What a wild honor that would be. And that, I'm really proud of it. Uh, you know, anyone can listen. If there is a 13 in your life, uh, 13 year old oh, right, in your right, life. That's right. That's an comedy, all ages version it is, uh, of stand up comedy. It is clean but not dumb. It is. Uh, right, right. It's still got, uh, I'm sure it's got adult. It's sort of like Brian Regan. If where, you are aware yeah. of the existence of relationships and the fact that sometimes two women are in a relationship, <laughs> there is nothing, there's nothing adult about right, the album. Right. There is, uh, it, it is love from all the different ways. Yes. Yeah. So if your 13 year old is, ew, love. Uh, they may not enjoy the love, whether it is heterosexual or homosexual. You can find better comedy anywhere. Uh, Pan the flute man. Ooh, remember Zamfir? Yeah. Anyway. I do remember Zamfir. But yeah, I'm proud of it, and I hope that uh, the Dork Forest fans find it fun uh, if they choose to partake. Uh, yes, I think it. I think we should begin. Let's. With uh, with your first dorkdom, which made me laugh, <laughs> because I have been on a podcast entirely dedicated to this program. You have? Yes. Where there you is had, one? Yes. I didn't know. Murder, She Spoke. Of course, I did hear about this, because <laughs> I follow a couple Twitter accounts devoted to uh, Murder, Murder, She Wrote. She wrote. Uh, Angela Lansbury. Oh, legend, icon, perfection. Bed sticks and broomsticks yep. bed posts yeah and sure the manchurian candidate uh, she had like a she's wild she's so talented there's work there's she's so a, much that, work. that lady works she works and she's uh, never been not working right and uh and it's so funny because she's one of those people who mentioned yeah uh, you know that uh that sometimes women get in situations and it's their fault yes and you're just like okay no no we're the last generation of because she's 20 years older than i yes. am right but oh, at least isn't she like eighty nine? Okay, so she's maybe forty years older than I am. I should look that. But, up. Uh, I should know that about my darling Jessica Lansbury, but I don't. Jessica Lansbury. Jessica Angela? Lansbury. She gets to be Who's both. Angela? Angela Lansbury. Uh, yes. Okay. Jessica Fletcher is the character Angela Lansbury nice. played on Murder She yes. Wrote. Yes, that is a classic. Usually, I make that mistake here on the Dork Forest. Oh, this Welcome. is my. This is all me. It's gonna be a good one. Um, <laughs> she's I, born in nineteen twenty five. Okay, so she is forty she years. Is she is literally forty years older than i am so um yeah so she yeah but we are her generation and the two following generations yes are the last three generations of women who get to say that shit talk and then everybody else gets to go no please don't blame the victim oh uh, yeah but yes i think that there's uh uh this is me rationalizing what angela lansbury said and i'll okay. try not to do that and uh, I, well and i did there's two world, and I hope that Angela would fall in the school of, you know, don't put yourself in that situation, not because you're an idiot and your fault, but because that person's transparently evil and uh, we are surrounded by predators constantly. Right. And, and, and you have to be, and, and the thing is, is men are aware of it too. Yes. Men are constantly on guard and have been. This is uh, a new bit that uh, the bit that I, the longest bit in the world that I've been working on <laughs> for at least four years, three, four years is that. Men, uh, the reason why we're, we, we've only been people for 150 years mm -hmm. is because men were like, no, you're going to be killed if you just wander around by yourself. Exactly. It has taken us hundreds of years not to be killed every time. Yes. And we had to figure it out. And you're like, yes, we'll figure it out. And then they're like, oh, you want to figure it 
okay. Like, we I don't want to hang out with you forever either. <laughs> you want to hang out later? We totally want to hang out later. So it's just literally. And so, but I mean, because you think about like the men have been attacked and men get raped. Ren, men get attacked all the time. They get yes. beat up and all these things. And so they learn possibly. Men experience rates of violent crime more than any other demographic. Yeah. If you're talking, I mean, yeah. if you're saying just women, it's just men. Men experience more violent crime. We focus on the kinds of violent crime women experience because there's a kind of intimacy attached to it. Statistically, it's just closer to the victim. Uh, right. But, but men are constantly, right. we men not only have all of that, like violence within their intimate sphere, their home mm -hmm. sphere, but they experience more violence just in the world. And we've just become like, we're just like, yeah, that's how it, we just that's how men assume are. that's how this goes. And they must like it somehow. Oh, yeah. They're not deeply traumatized and acting out that trauma on a social level. Definitely <laughs> every not. Every beat of every heart. Definitely not freaking right. out in bagel shops at, at, oh, at all. That poor guy. That poor guy. Oh, and I know man. this, I've already dated this episode because we will all have forgotten the bagel, right, we'll bagel all guy. Forget about the, God, I hope. And, well, until he murders everyone, I know, exactly. poor I bastard. Hope, I hope and that we... So, but the, the weird thing is, is that he, um, is, is, is that we have, to, like as a group, both men and women who aren't monsters... We're all aware that there are monsters, and then what we have to do is address the monsters. Because yes. there are plenty of, I mean, there's so many decent men who don't want, you know, who, who yeah, anyway. I think we about agree. this all the time because I spend too much time literally in the streets of Los Angeles where there what is What are you a, doing in the streets of Los I Angeles? I food. I'm, I work oh, really Oh, you're hard, like a postman? Yes. <laughs> you have the three jobs work like really people? hard. <laughs> Caitlin Gill so hard uh, my tire exploded I jacked <laughs> Buy it up her album. I got it oh dear if you want to Venmo me I would not be mad I uh <laughs> I got a flat tire some folks in an ice cream truck stopped to help me put a spare back on and I just went back to work like I went from sitting right. on the streets of Los Angeles from driving in this to like just right back to work. That's not a remarkable story. People work hard all the time. I just happen to be one of them. And while in these crazy streets, it occurs to me on a daily basis, which is too often, that there's like... <laughs> it's every day. There's no real... There's no law. There's no moral code that we... That uh, makes this true. But like, we are on the edge of chaos just because we are alive. Like... You know, if you wanted my car, you could yeah. just take me out with one of your kitchen knives and drive away with it. If you wanted, if right. you wanted what's in a store, you could just knock over the cashier and take it. You could light that store on fire. You have matches. Like, right. we should be worried about guns and gun control, but also the fact that we control ourselves on a regular basis so right. that every for crowd the most, is for the most part. melee is crazy. Right. We, the fact that, that it's not mob rule, is yes. that what you're saying uh, at all times? I just try to remember that we are generally good because if we weren't, you'd see it in the streets. Oh, yeah. We are generally pretty okay because yeah. the, the the reality is that at any time any object could become a weapon and you could just go take what you want and or we don't. Big most people of the time. could grab smaller people and throw them out of their vehicle. Absolutely. And take it. So, but we chose not to because most people are decent. Yes. And you know, like when when I was sitting in Hanoi, Vietnam, probably six months ago, and they have there's no rule. There's very few. A lights mm -hmm. for the driving. Right. Uh, our, our guide, uh, he said, so here's how you cross the street in Hanoi. He's like, don't wait for the green man. Mm -hmm. The green man is the walk signal. Yes. Yeah. He's like, do not wait for the green man. The green man is not your friend. He's not helping. Uh, what you do is you walk into traffic. You just go. And just make sure 
that you don't try to help the people around you. <laughs> yes. He's like, they will avoid you. You <laughs> w- stay at a steady pace. Don't run. Don't beat. Transmit exactly what you're doing. You're yes. walking from this side to that side. At this speed. At this speed. Don't we'll work rush and, and they will avoid you. And weirdly enough, Cambodia has more lights. Uh, the Cambodian tour guide was like, no, you got to run. It's like it's like it's like you're always running against the light. Yes. And in in uh, uh, Thailand, they're like people follow the fucking rules. Yes. And uh, you're like, oh, okay, all right, all right. yeah, yeah. So there you go. It just depends. I mean, it, it, the order that we impose is tidy and it looks cute, mm-hmm. but the underlying order of the fact that we've just decided not to be right, right, wild. Is, yeah, yeah. And, and people, little Locke and Hobbs, who doesn't love it? I will say uh, that uh, as we float back to the topic of Murder, She Wrote, yes. Murder, She Wrote is, it's a, it's an ordered universe in which chaos pokes its ugly head in every episode, and Jessica <laughs> Fletcher is there to push it back down. Is, she is there like- a theory that she is a mass murderer, and she killed every victim in every episode of that show and framed someone? Ooh. Yes. And I love it. You love that theory? There's not a lot of show-based evidence. <laughs> you can't really, like, Black Mirror timeline pull it all together. I don't. I haven't checked to see if there's a Reddit thread. But the woman sees a dead body every week, which is wild. Yeah, right. And is it always in that one town? It's mostly in that one town, but they did realize when the show was a success after about five seasons, they start to, re- like, you can't have... But that's Kabikov a terrible town. Exactly. That's, they get a new sheriff. The town's name is Kabikov. Sheriff Amos is replaced. Uh, I want to say it's Sheriff Metz. I'll, I'm going to eventually get that right. Um, I can see his face perfectly, and so can you if it's you're Kurt a fan. It's Kurt Metzger. It's Kurt Metzger. He's the second Stand sheriff. That's why I thought I was wrong. <laughs> is that the same name? That's really funny. That is funny. Um, he gets replaced by a new sheriff. The hometown sheriff gets replaced by a new sheriff from New York who took the post because he thought it would be easy, but somebody turns up dead every week. And early on in the season when he shows up, which I believe is the fifth, he's just like, what is going on in this town? And it's like, you are speaking for the viewer. Because honestly, we've all been wondering how some old person in Maine dies every week. Right. And Maine doesn't even have that great of a population. I should say it's not always old people. The town, the the It's not a big population. And Cabacove is particularly small, and it's proud of it. Uh, the, oh really? Yes. Jessica was a teacher. She was an English teacher. Okay. Um, her husband passed away. I don't remember the timing of if that's after she's retired. I feel like it was. Mm-hmm, but to mm-hmm. cope with the grief, she began to write, and she became an incredibly successful mystery writer. Interesting. Um, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. So she's a bit of a Sherlock Holmes. Her research gave her a, uh, a big insight into how to assess a crime scene or a suspect, and notice sure. those little details that the camera always focuses on general generously in the first act so you can follow along with Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is helpful. I can tell you how to solve any murder in uh, in Murder, She Wrote. It is never the prime suspect. It's always like the third character you meet away from the prime suspect whose motive is introduced early and then never addressed again until their (laughs) confession. Uh, And do they always confess? Yes. There's always a come to reckoning scene where Jessica always gets them. Because there's no time to uh, there's no time to take it to trial. No, we're already at forty five minutes. Yes. Okay. Law and order. It doesn't have the law and order half. Oh, okay. I wish. Woo! I would watch that show. <laughs> I feel like that show was Matlock, and I didn't watch it. But basically, Jessica just solves the crime. Um, there's always a police officer 
it's either her hometown sheriff or, um, you know, she's on the road somewhere with a book tour or she's in New oh, York. She goes to idea. New York a lot. Oh, she she's going to New, New York, York later. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always some cop who almost gets it, but not quite and sort of resents Jessica's help, but then sure. acquiesces because Jessica's right. Yeah. Uh, and she ends up catching the things they miss and fixing their mistakes and right. the murderer gets caught. There's almost always a friend of Jessica's that's a suspect. Oh, so she's got to help someone she knows. Oh, that's why get she gets involved. Yes, that's her nephew. Jeez, Grady. Grady just gets himself into so <laughs> many scrapes. He just does. He is he also in Pilot's Knob or whatever the name of this place is? Uh, he's not in Cabot Cove. He has <laughs> okay. flown the coop. I want to say he's like a, he went to college and is like in finance. Uh, okay, and he's always trying to get married, but he never picks the right lady, or the lady's dad doesn't like him, or there's something <laughs> that goes and, wrong. And with hence, poor Grady. there's crime. Yes, there's crime surrounding uh, Grady's. You know, the love fiance's choices. dad's business partner gets killed because yeah. he was being blackmailed. Just all sorts of like oh. ridiculous. How many? Like, are there a dozen? Seasons, I want to say it's nine seasons. That's plenty of seasons. That's plenty of seasons. I'm also comfortable with being wrong with any of this. I should say my fan knowledge of Murder, She Wrote is not that I read the book or watched, you know, I went back and I watched every season. I support those who go deep. <laughs> but Murder, She Wrote was just on Sunday nights. Yeah. And I think it was at eight. I want to say it was right before 60 Minutes. Okay. Um, or when after you were a or child. something when I was a tiny child. Okay. And it was like... Mom watched Murder, She Wrote, and it was a grown-up show that, like, I got to watch. Yep. And at the time, it seemed, like, complicated, and, like, the stakes were high, and I never knew what was going to happen, and I was always impressed, like, she'd solve it, and I'd be like, she did, she caught that thing, and I didn't catch it, but I was, like, single digits, so I want to say this came out in 84, I've been three, Mm -hmm. and it ran nine seasons, so it ran entirely through my childhood. Right. So it was on every Sunday... All the way through I would, when I would have stopped watching what my parents were watching and started turning it to be some butthead or whatever. So right, right. Was, so, so you've seen, yes, you watched all of that. And then have you seen it on like yes. this TV or now, me TV or whatever? happening? Now that it's happening? streaming, it is constant background noise. Okay. So like I remember episodes really clearly because I've seen them a whole bunch of times. But mm-hmm. I have to place them sort of magically with deduction where they land in the series because <laughs> I, I didn't like oh, right. IMDb and that right. often. Yeah. I will. I'll go deep. Because there's great actors in the show uh, and terrible actors in the show. But a lot of famous actors. A lot of famous actors came through. A lot of people had their first uh, like early TV appearances. Brian Cranston's on that list. I want to say he, he? Had a, came, came out of commercials in The Murder, She Wrote. I could be wrong about that, are but they, I'm going to get are they the off, Are they often the murderer? Often suspects. Uh, often, Maybe not the murderer. Right. They will often be the grieved partner of a murderer. Or, oh, very nice. Yeah, they'll they'll get that. The, the IMDb of Murder, She Wrote is endless. You can just keep scrolling because, you know, it's a yeah. anthology but, show. It just turns over. Right, and it, it's so many, it's it's ensemble, and mm-hmm. so... Oh, that, that's that, the word I want. And, and steady work so, for a lot of different actors. There are a lot of really great character actors that make, and of course I don't remember their names because they're great character actors. Right, Especially right. women, women who weren't young, that got really steady work... And uh, they were showing so up in the... fabulous being on Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if there's any shows like that now. No. That and that's what makes Murder, people. She Wrote special. So many things make it special. Okay. But it's she's an old lady. This mm-hmm. was the 80s. And yes, her antiquated views have not aged well, but she also brought the character of Seth Hazlitt, her doctor and best friend, into the world, who is an unrepentant misogynist of the sweet kind of making big air quotes, where he's like, little lady, I just want to help you out. Oh, yeah, And yeah. she's like, dumb mitt hands, I can do whatever I want to do. I'm right. a bike-riding mystery novelist. I'm fully capable. Well, Jessica I mean, doesn't drive, but she can get everything else done that she wants. Jessica does not she drive. She does not drive. 
Why does she not drive? Because she, she rides her bike and she's active. And I don't know why <laughs> she's she's, she likes to jog and walk. Uh, I feel like that was a jog? stubborn choice. Yes, that Angela Lansbury made and stuck with it, that Jessica Fletcher is a non-driver. So there's a lot of like, she needs a ride from someone, so you'll get to chat in the car and that'll be... Okay. The, oh, that is good, because yes. she doesn't Exposition? have to... Exposition? Is that the word I'm yeah, looking yeah, for? Yeah, that is the that. word you're looking Thank for. You. I'll tell you this. Nancy Cation, my stepmother, did not get a driver's license until... Um, I think it was the late seventies. Yeah, because it was it was actually like women were not expected to get driver's license, much like they weren't expected to get credit cards. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was um, until we were like we would like all of those. Yes, and please um, and property and inheritance. Yeah, and, and all, all the and the good jobs, and so. But the the weird thing is that um, is is because Angela Lansbury was very much a feminist, but yes. she just uh, be, because she because she was just a person. Trying to live her life and always surprised when someone was like, well, little lady, you can't do that. Yes. So she was that kind of feminist. There's which an I think older school of feminism that really shines through in Murder, She Wrote and honestly doesn't age that badly. No. Um, it's cut in its time, but that's exactly where it should be. It is not always racially sensitive. Uh, oh, I bet. It is trapped in that era of when representation meant that white people related to you as other, but you were on the screen. Uh, uh, <laughs> so like a Native American, again, air quotes are up, yep. shows up and it's like headdress and like leather suit. It's like he, literally he, so he makes this big show um, that ca he shows up in Cabot Cove, at some sort of town founding event, some native dude, uh, a native dude in full okay. dress shows okay. up and I think he throws some kind of chuck or spear. He might shoot an arrow. There's some wow. sort of threat made and the town is all above. And, uh, and the language is not sensitive. And then the same man shows up in a business suit and presents a very reasonable case for where, it, as the town gathers in response to what has happened, he shows up in a business suit and is like, this town's actually mine because you stole it. Uh, oh. And but it's the same actor. It's the same actor. Yeah, same guy. So he did it to scare everyone because they're afraid of Native Americans and he wanted to prove it. And yep. then he shows up and he's like, see, I wasn't scary. This town is mine. Uh, and people respond not well. Um, again, not well. Again, not well. So they respond knee-jerk uh, terror initially, and then uh, full-on just prejudice. Racist resistance. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> yes. And then I believe, if I recall correctly, he's framed for a crime that occurs while he's in town, and Jessica proves that he is not guilty, but also Cabot Cove does not get turned over to any kind of tribe. So No. Um, uh, well, in the... In the, the in the early, in the late seventies and early eighties, or mid seventies to mid eighties, I think there mm -hmm. was a lot of sitcoms and TV shows that uh, wanted to let us know that racism wasn't cool, right? And exactly. um, and it isn't. Uh, and Jessica knows that. Yes, much like the Fonz knew it in Happy Days. <laughs> yes, and um, and so it is. It is heavy handed, mm -hmm. and it and it creates this illusion that I've that I've that I've thought about racism because I was raised in the Sesame Street. Uh, you know, uh, happy days kind of the way where racism yep. isn't cool, but the definition of racism was entirely, you're a racist if you hate people because of the color of their skin or their, or the thing that they do. Right. Yes. And, um, and so you could pay lip service by saying, I don't hate people cause they're not, uh, cause they're black. I hate people cause I hate all people. Right. And you're like, no, I that just happen to not like that guy <laughs> who is black and I'm scared of it. And right. you're like, D -d 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 uh, so 
Well, we still struggle with that because the label racist is so offensive that people are unwilling to examine their own behavior as racist because they can't handle being called a racist, <laughs> right, even right. though what they're doing is so much worse than being called a racist. A racist. And right. I can feel, I mean, that's an active thing that I think you should always be looking at. You can always figure out something new that right. you can it, do a little different. Right. And it's not the end of your life if no. you have discovered that you you have been a jackass. This is a slight caveat, but it's a true story from Caitlin Gill's life. And I'll jump. Please. This is just real. At Robot Caitlin. In middle school, I grew up in Napa, California. I uh, thought I was smart. Um, you know, I definitely learned about the civil rights movement in like elementary school and thought I knew what was up in terms of racism. Mm -hmm. But I, in like seventh grade, seventh and eighth grade middle school, Truly understood the distinction Mexican as social group. I didn't get it as anything beyond my middle school playground. Okay. There were nerds. There were jocks. Oh, and there were there Mexicans? were Mexicans. There were goths. Oh, interesting. There were, and I didn't. It was I, more of a social choice. A thousand percent, a social than, distinction than a na- than a than a sovereign nation. If you would introduce me to someone, this is Esther. She's from Mexico. Please show her around the school. I would have been like, yeah, sure, come on. This is where the nerds hang out, the jocks hang out, the Mexicans. They're nice sometimes. They're not like you. You're from Mexico. It's different. I didn't get it. Wow, that is a powerfully ignorant perspective. Sure, I did not understand. I didn't get it until the debate around Proposition 187, Pete Wilson's terrible immigration stuff in the 90s. Okay. And I realized, like, there were protests at my school because kids were going to, like, get taken out of my school. And it all of a sudden clicked, like, oh, this is a much broader label. We're using this outside of my playground in a much bigger sense. And right. it, like, all clicked and tumbled. And what an embarrassing realization and I'm so thankful I was embarrassed instead of just pretending I was right. Yes. If you, because their embarrassment is such a painful feeling. And I was so, t- like, I felt so gross about what I had thought or thought right. I knew that uh, I very easily could have just denied that. I think I saw some of my peers make that choice, that it's too uncomfortable to be that wrong. It makes you feel like too bad a person. So you have to do some gymnastics to make yourself right or different. Right. And it's not worth it. Just feel embarrassed. Be it's the, I've now embraced it as the greatest feeling because you now <laughs> know that you know what was wrong and you know what to do to get out of it. Right. To have to have defined a problem mm-hmm. and to have been given this, the solution is kind of the greatest gift. Yes. And granted... If you are defined the problem and you're given a solution, then there to enact that solution is an actual plan of action. <laughs> yes. But you cannot say, oh, I know what the solution is, and think that is the apology. Right. That, that is the correction. No, my behavior and perspective had to change. And, right. You know, it, and it didn't. I'm thankful. It's just be embarrassed. Uh, be willing. Yeah, be, be embarrassed and then act differently. Yeah. It was, uh, you yeah. probably will because <laughs> you don't want to be embarrassed again. Again, this will date this uh, the recording of this episode. But yesterday I watched that first two minutes of Aziz. Mm. And brutal. He did not apologize. It's so but ridiculous. It was kind of hilarious that he said, you know, his, his apology was is... He thinks he's changed because of what happened. Well, thank you. Good job. It's who cares. And then, and then his his friends. He th- he was talking to a friend of his, and his friend was like, "Well, this is really going to make me think." And uh, and that and that was the whole apology. Yeah, and that's you're it. Like, Dude, that isn't actually doing anything. But good if you don't aren't a, a weird date anymore. Congratulations. I just wish uh, everybody who needs to apologize should listen to Dan Harmon's apology first. Uh, oh, he made a good one. He did a good one. Uh, doesn't mean he's always, you know, 
that's one good thing. Pick it out and really shine and let it shine. Uh, and right. I, the thing that makes me so mad beyond the content of that two minutes uh, is that a stylist dressed him like a child. Oh, beca- uh, oh because of the T-shirt? fucking Metallica T-shirt and the little <laughs> jeans and the little sneakers. He was dressed to look like a kid because yeah. he couldn't get away with that shit dressed like a grown man. Because he often wears a suit on stage, oh, he doesn't does. he? Yeah, he's a very dapper, wealthy man. He yeah. expresses that. He's always looking sharp. And mm-hmm. you know that special's so bare and stripped down and, oh, he was dressed like a child. It's yeah. so insulting. And it seeing through it is just like, man, ugh. It's a lot. And the whole, like... This was hard for me. I never, uh, you're saying that on your Netflix special? That something was hard for you? <laughs> and you want your listening so sympathy sorry. from me personally? This Did is you? my subjective perspective, but I am. Right. I can't what even are you find with- the violin I'm trying to play. It's, <laughs> it's I don't, so tiny. I need a. So if you could take that $300,000. Hey, guess what Jackie does sometimes? Oh, Ooh. she leaves the phone plugged in. I, and your then a bot line comes is in. ringing. I don't I even know. understand that noise. I'm so confused. It is pretty great, isn't That's it? That's adorable. It's, uh, I luckily, feel like landlines just exist to ring and be hung up at this point. They really do. Uh, I wish to get rid of it, but uh, uh, my, my uh, I have not been consulted. <laughs> uh, Andy Ashcraft <laughs> thinks that there's something... It, like intrinsically safe about a landline. I appreciate that. So it's romantic, right? So let's Jessica get, Fletcher would never get rid of her landline. Jessica Fletcher wouldn't get rid of her landline. I feel like for a while she might have had one of those phones on the wall, the cranky situations, or at least she has one in her house because she was born in twenty five. She's, she's very old. In nineteen thirty five, uh, I'm sure when she was ten years old, that's how she learned how to use the phone. That's how we find. Uh, I'm. It, I just love that she's um a uh, like. Little old ladies in media were not anything but frail, and she's exactly the opposite. She's this hearty character. Right. She does what she wants when she wants. What she wants is pretty square. Yeah. She's a conservative character, but I feel like she'd like me if she met me. She's like, 60, she's 65, old. right? Yes. When, when she's in this TV in show. In the 80s. So right. It, and like, she's born in 25. A 65-year-old in the 80s, she's wildly progressive. Right. And uh, so, but w- the weird thing is, is so... Have you always been into murder shows because of this? Do you like any sort of mystery? I do. Uh, not any sort of mystery. I don't. No, no. Um, <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's hard to like any. No, you're right. Uh, it, I, I guess, yes. I've slipped into the true crime stuff. Um, Ooh, true crime. Not just. Not, not, oh, sorry. Wait, wait. Didn't you? Yeah, wasn't on Sue Grafton on your list? Yes, yeah, Sue Grafton was also on my list of things to dork out about. So, yeah, right. I suppose from... Early on, the dramatic stories that I found accessible were that sort of high stakes, fictionalized high stakes, with uh, with, a, with a very not a and, and not a caricature because that character never existed. That right. sort of, I mean, there was an Agatha Christie kind of thing. Yeah, she's. I guess Miss Marple is the character that Ms. I didn't Marple. know enough about. Uh, to right. know if she would have been based on that um, <clears throat> a little bit because Miss Marple, you essentially she sits in her um, in her. Uh, uh, tea room right. whatever <laughs> where, where people her parlor and then people come and tell her stuff and she's like oh what you've missed <laughs> she is and uh and then she's like and oh please have another madeline yes and uh, that's pretty close <laughs> only it's right. chowder right uh, there's and, a lot of chowder right and jessica fletcher's willing to get out there on her bike yep so she shoots the boot right she, she will <laughs> she will pedal over and check out the crime scene right oh yeah and she'll see a dead body always always checking out dead bodies she never misses the crime scene there's no tape for <laughs> jessica fletcher she just cruises on through it does suggest an earlier era like 
there is a casualness um, to law enforcement. It's fictional TV, but there's kind of a... Come on That's in. really changed. <laughs> Come on There's in. No see the bodies. There's no in Cabot Cove. There's no armored cars. You know, oh, it's, right, right. They're all just driving is still very quaint. Yes. Uh, right. And most of, you, you know, there's always a line between the uniform detectives, which are like one line extras, yep. and the suit cops. So she does, you know, there's not a lot of hands dirtying. She's not in right. the Right. She doesn't get involved. One case with, at a time. Yeah. And and I'm sure, what is, is this, a, this is an impression I get with the murder she wrote, uh-huh. is that whenever she did talk to an officer who was in uniform, it was usually someone who was kind of bossy, and she would put them in their place. Yes, there's a lot of that. There's uh, a, a lot of underestimating Jessica, like, and she young purses man, her lips. And I don't she, think you understand who you're talking to. Or you have whatever. to work pretty hard to get a stern dressing down from Jessica. You've probably done something pretty clearly over the line at that point. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, she's... Pretty she's, patient? Yeah, and manipulative. She's always got a game. Oh, uh, really? She'll butter you up. Oh, yeah. Oh. She'll make you feel smart so she can make you feel like it was your idea. Oh, She's really? great at that with the cops, especially the dudes. Well, I know you're a brilliant detective, but you must have noticed, if you, because you're so great at your job, you must have noticed the blood stain Let- on this vase across the room. <laughs> Let me spoon feed you these clues exactly. kind of thing. That's yes. interesting. Yeah. She's always handling men in, in just that way, where uh, okay. there's always some guy whose ego is so gentle that she very tenderly manages him just right. I could see why my dad hated this show. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I think a lot of dads did. Yeah. It, I feel like it's uh, it's all the guy. She ends up working with the men who would have been trained to work with women by those 60s instructional videos that were like, women in the workplace. They get pregnant. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Like, Try so not to be the dad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so she confronts a lot of their uh, misconceptions. Okay. Uh, Either head on or gingerly with a little tender ego manipulation. Well, do you have favorite episodes? Yes, I have a few favorite have episodes. Have you been waiting for me to ask? No, I mean, it felt like <laughs> it. Uh, what I more have is uh, favorite appearances. Um, I love a Grady episode. Okay. Uh, but my favorite episodes are Dennis Stanton episodes. Dennis Stanton uh, was a jewel thief, now works for an insurance company. <laughs> he is so dapper. I can't remember the actor's name because, again, my love for this show means that he's not an actor. He is Dennis Stanton. Uh, he exists. He exists only in that world. And I don't, I know I've seen that actor other places, but I'm like, that's too bad because you look an awful lot like Dennis Stanton, real life jewel thief. Um, there's a few episodes uh, where Dennis, Dennis shows up. Uh, the episode where he and Jessica first meet is terrific. There's a lot of creeping around on hotel balconies, getting in and out of rooms. Sure. There's just a sexual tension uh, that will never... Be- Jessica, I mean... How old, how old is Dennis? Jess. Uh, maybe 70 in the same age range. Uh, oh, age appropriate. Yeah, 65, 70. They're always age appropriate. There's not a lot of um, cross-generational four- romance. Okay. If there is, it's always central to the issue. Like, okay. you know, oh, well, his wife was much younger than him. That's part of why she ran off with this or whatever. Or right, like, right. Why the first wife is so mad. There's always some intrigue surrounding okay. any kind of moral ambiguity like but that. But when Dennis shows but up. But when Dennis shows up. Woo! The screen Steve. is up. What? I can't even <laughs> handle it. They dance. They flirt. He's so good at it. He just has Jessica's number. There's nothing. She's just... Uh, is she a little flustered? She is a little flustered. It's where she shows a bit of a steam under the collar. It's always in hand. There's never any question of any impropriety going oh, on. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. But Dennis... Uh, 
I mean, it worms his little way into uh, her heart. Um, sure. She's got some other friends and hangers on that aren't necessarily as classy. Harry McGraw is one. Um, who is the... <laughs> who is Harry it. McGraw? Um, he's a great actor, and he was on Lauren. Jerry Orbach is Harry McGraw. Jerry Orbach? Jerry Orbach is a regular guest. He plays a little hard on his luck gambling man uh, who Jessica sees all the time, but he's always he's down. He's the dad in Dirty Dancing. Yes, he is the dad in the brilliant Dirty Dancing, and he is a, a, in that role, he is a key example of non-toxic masculinity. I love him so much. <laughs> Dirty Dancing is perfect. Dirty Dancing is one of the great films of, uh, of, of our lives. It really is. Yes. Uh, if you were worried it doesn't age well, exactly the opposite. Every exactly. man in it is, it should be in schools. It should and, be taught as curriculum. Oh my God. It would be a great <laughs> curriculum. It is. Look at some tropes. Yes. And, uh, and look at this dumb, dumb lady and look at this dumb dude yeah. and look at this, you know, and it's great. Oh, that, well, the movie's perfect. Uh, but Jerry Orbach makes a brilliant appearance often as, uh, I forget the character's name now. Oh, it's Harry. Uh, <laughs> he's just always broke. Um, right. But, you know, is always good to Jessica. They're good friends. Um, there's cool. lots of recurring characters, which I kind of love. But Dennis is by far my favorite. Uh, so I will always scan around looking for a Dennis Stanton episode. Um, <laughs> How many episodes are there? Like four or five? That's easily? a good question. I should know and I don't. Um, but, you know, his past is a thief. Sure. Is, makes it a little but he's hard going for straight now. to commit. He is going straight now. But he mm -hmm. uses his skills as a thief to be a good insurance. There's a reason he's not a cop. Right, you know, he doesn't want to be on that side of the law. He <laughs> likes, you know, Jimmy and Locks and sure. get ahead of the police and mm -hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> stealing from thieves and right, doing a Robin Hood kind of like moment. Yeah, where he gets it back. Yes, and uh, and and but for somehow making the insurance company the good guys in this story, which is very funny. Companies are always the good guys. Wealth is never. It's not. It's kind of in that. Uh, that's what places it squarely in the 80s. It's a wealthy show. Jessica did good for herself by her books. Okay. Um, so she ends up, you know, a lot of the characters in the New York part of the series are sort of like publishers or bankers, right, uh, right. a lot of lush offices, a lot of high-haired women, <laughs> a lot of wide ties. A lot uh, of wide ties. Yeah. A lot of things happening. Yes. Like nice fancy cars. It's a moneyed show. Uh, yeah. When people are down on their luck, it's always kind of country bumpkin style. She's mm -hmm. got uh, a niece who wound up running off with a rodeo man. Um, <laughs> I really wanted their love to work, but it wasn't to be. She did find happiness, but it wasn't. Have with the you Bronco been writer. to Maine? I haven't, but you know what's even better? What? I've been to where they filmed Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> which was not in Maine at all. Where is it? Mendocino, California. All right. I have a picture of myself and my friend dressed up in a Bigfoot costume outside of the hotel. Uh, how is this? It's a little B&B. How does how does this uh, connect? With I was on a road trip um, with Robert Francis, Bobcat Goldthwait, who made Willow Creek. We went back to Willow Creek, California, oh, right. so that Bob he did, could. Bob did a, a movie about Bigfoot. He did. Yeah, it's a found footage horror film about Bigfoot. It's All terrific. Right. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. went back up. Uh, for, one for a Bigfoot parade, which we missed by a day because Bob got the day wrong, and uh, <laughs> to get sound essentially to go back out into the woods and gather a couple uh okay. we went squatching and okay. uh as a good excuse we brought a bunch of microphones and recorded sounds okay uh, but we went to look for uh sasquatch with a bunch of sasquatch hunters from willow creek and on the way we went way out of our uh, there was nowhere to stop it was a holiday weekend right we drove way too far off our uh regular scheduled route to go to mendocino uh which is a beautiful town and in part my motive for pointing the car there was to go see this house. And you got I've been to many see. times, yeah, but I wanted to drag Bob, and we got some ridiculous pictures. And it's the house that she lived in?
moved in. Uh-huh. Um, the, and so they shot uh, the uh, the exteriors there. Yes, interesting. I'm gonna guess most of the rest was shot where I near where I live now, CBS Studios. All right, uh, CBS lot on Fairfax. I have been to Maine mm, twice. One time for real, uh-huh. where it was a, a wedding. So uh, you were really was, in Maine. I was really in Maine, but there was some driving around. I got to talk to people uh, who I got to talk to a man. There's a very one of Andy's best friends. Grew up in Maine. His father um, still lives in Maine and has a farm. Oof. And we were given eggs and milk and it was lovely. Oh, yeah. And butter that made from that farm. And he, uh, one of his jobs in the winter, his, uh, Chris's dad, is uh, he has a sleigh. Horses and a sleigh. That's that adorable. They, and it's, it's a Christmas sleigh thing that you can do. I've always wanted to go. But uh, this was a summer wedding. Very beautiful Christmas wedding. Now, I'm talking to Chris's dad. And I said to Chris's dad, like you say to a person, have you always lived here? Um, I meant uh, in Maine because people move. Right. And he said, oh, no. Oh, no. About 100 years ago, the family used to live down there. So crazy. And I was like... Oh, yeah. oh, so the answer is yes. Yes. You've all, you've lived you here since down 16, the street is somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think middle 1600s was when your folk came. And interesting. That's wild. So, yeah, but that is that sort of vibe, that main vibe. Because you remember the Bob Newhart show that took place in Maine? Yes. That yes, had kind of a Maine vibe, it too. It does. It has a real Maine vibe. All the townsfolk are big Mainers. You hear a lot of Maine accents. Um, and Seth Hazlitt is Maine through and through, Dr. Seth. Okay. Um, Jessica, I, f- I forget that I'm realizing I have a gap in the Jessica Fletcher biography. I want to say she's from Maine, but oh. maybe, uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's a transplant. I hope some listener tweets at me so angry. Right. At why Robot did you used Caitlin. to be racist? And also, why do you not know where Jessica Fletcher was born? She grew up in Vermont. She's completely a foreigner. <laughs> it's, and, yes, that's how it went, <laughs> went out. Um, yeah, I don't remember, but she's been there forever. Uh, whether or not she was that was her origin, she uh, her whole teaching career was in Maine, and I believe her husband, now deceased before the show begins, isn't any uh, children. From Maine. She has nieces no and children. nephews. She has nieces and nephews, but uh, and you kind do of you get meet, to meet the siblings. You do occasionally meet a sibling, but uh, I feel like it's more her husband's family okay. that you meet. Um, and I don't. She's a lone wolf. She is very. She is a lone wolf. Also, an interesting choice for a show about a woman in the eighties. It's a show about a woman in the eighties, <laughs> and she's not there because she's bangable. Although she can get it. Uh, right, right. That wasn't the whole reason they well, put her on a. What on a she show. is is she's proof that we're all bangable. We are. Uh, <laughs> yes. If you look at Cagney and Lacey, oh, you're like yes, and I do. Uh, um, yeah, I yes. love. I just love. Um, that you know, she does. She has so much verve. Uh, does she have verve? Yeah, she does. All right, she gets it. She gets it. Uh, and I think she knows that she's hot stuff. But like with her, da- you know, uh, with her it, non dalliances with Dennis Stanton, she's made her choices. She's a pretty happy lady. She's happy in her widowhood. There's not, a, as far as a character goes, there's not. She's not put upon. I think a lot of, especially older lady characters, are mm-hmm. defined by the burdens or they have or the losses that they've experienced. Right, right. Like, that's what their character arc explores more fully, but that is not what Jessica Fletcher's that's about. That's not her jam. Um, yeah, she's really living. Uh, she's in, She's very much in the present. Yeah. Which I think, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. I think she's a rad... To, I, to write a character, any character, that who lives in the present and they're sort of at work. Yes. And... Um, 
And then to allow that character to be an old lady yeah. is kind of awesome. Well, it's funny. You mentioned Sue Grafton was also on the list of stuff that I sent in. And I should have realized a lot sooner that two of my early influences, because <laughs> uh, I used to take Sue Grafton books to school way too early. Um, that's right. the alphabet series. A is for alibi, alibi. B is for burglar, burglar. etc. She got through Y and it ended perfectly. But, oh, did it? Yeah. It, I was so I sad. I have you. Man, I was turning pages just so bummed because I got, I read Y after she passed right. and... Uh, and her daughter said, the alphabet now ends at Y. I agree. <laughs> because it's a, it ends in this trajectory and Z would have answered it, but it didn't need to. I get to sort of write out what Lady I see. Lady and the Tiger. It's All really right. beautiful. That uh, is beautiful. I think it was a very nice ending to the series. But Sue Grafton's series is about Kinsey Milhone, a single, feisty, real determined... Right, right. something Private lady eye. on her own. Yeah. Um, and she lives in the, in the garage of that old guy. She does live in a studio garage of Henry. Sweet Henry. Uh, sweet Henry. Uh, yes. It's pretty, it's uh, not a surprise that I now am a self-employed, again, air quotes, <laughs> lady who lives in a studio. <laughs> I am not solo. I do have a sweet lady friend, but perhaps. Uh, right. You and your lady friend. behind between the lines of. 80s feisty ladies who were determinedly single. That's uh, determinedly single. Well, what you are is uh, determinedly in a partnership at this point. I know. And it's, it's weird. nice, it's right? disgusting. We keep commenting on just how gross it is. That so she's we like right each other there. so much. And it's so nice. We still enjoy it. Like every, all the time. How long have you been together with Five and a half years. Holy smokes. I know. Time That's flies. real. That's yeah, real. October 20th is the... Uh, October so 20th. We really are right at half, right? Yeah. No, a little over. Okay, so Andy and I, uh, uh, January two thousand three. Yeah, so you're getting, that's nice. You just had fifteen last year, huh? It's uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be because uh, we we got married in two thousand six. So okay. It'll be our thirteenth wedding anniversary. Ooh, but ooh, ooh, <laughs> right means. in October too, it'll be awful horror. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it is it is weird to still uh, like a person. Yeah. And uh, and uh, it feels like a gift. Yeah, it so, does. Yeah, it's I'm really nice. happy. I didn't. Uh, I looked backwards and realized we'd made a family. That I have a family of. I didn't. I don't. I didn't set in. I don't know if you aren't on whatever a conventional path is. Maybe you realize what you're doing after you do it. But um, yeah, we got a dog and a cat and a place that we take care of and right, right. take care of each other. And we're you know right. You have a, you have a unit. Yeah. you are a unit. We saved a hummingbird together. This is so silly. And I talked about this on the Who's Your God podcast. So for the full story that's too long, go get it there. <laughs> Amy Miller, Amy Who's Miller, Your God? Steve Hurt- 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 Amy Hurt- Miller, Hurt- Dolly Parton episode. First Dolly Parton episode. Brilliant. Dork Forest. Wonderful. That's I did the Who's Your God podcast. Saw a giant poster on her wall of yes. Dolly Parton and said, would you like to be on the dork for us? Yes. And then, not long ago, second Dolly Parton episode Lydia with Lydia Popovich. Popovich. Yeah. Yes. The two of them. Uh, and I did not know enough about Dolly Parton. Speaking you can't of, know enough about Dolly Parton. The 80s and a lady. Yeah. Uh, this is strong. another strong lady. It's true. But Kinsey Milhone I always liked because she had a black dress that she would squish and put in a bag. Yeah, the wrinkleless black dress that she could take anywhere. <laughs> I think it gets ruined as G is for gumshoe, which I read too many times because it had sex scenes. Uh, but she, uh, yeah. I think I stopped around. It didn't get oh. ruined. She washes it, even though it was moldy. I'm pretty oh. sure that's what happens to oh, the black dress. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully she washed it alone. <laughs> just singly. <laughs> <Right>. Just <laughs> just ran a hole. Without Diaz or Diego or whatever his name was. Oh, the Diaz. cop? It's Robert Dietz. It's Dietz. It's Dietz. Dietz who comes back in and out of her life. That's right. The cad. <laughs> and Jonah, looking, the married cop. That's it. Everybody looking for a little action. You gotta I, find it somewhere. I have currently, I have finished and have reread now three times uh, a, a 
it's a, a reimagining of Sherlock Holmes. I love a reimagining of That's Sherlock fun. Holmes. It doesn't matter if it's Robert Downey Jr. or <laughs> a Cumberbum. It doesn't matter who it is. Cumberbatch. You're all it. Uh, I'm on board. And this one is a woman who uh, what I it's it's not the mystery that gets me. It's the uh, the personification. It's called the Lady Sherlock series. I oh, believe, cool! By a woman named Sherry Thomas. And there's three books. One another one coming out in uh, November. So literally. What I like, because the character of Sherlock Holmes, when I and I've read Sir Conan uh, Arthur mm-hmm. Doyle, whatever. The Orridge. The Orridge. And, and that guy's a mess. Yeah. Sherlock it's... Holmes is literally borderline autistic. Oh, borderline. Yeah. He's, yeah. He he's... is genuinely on the spectrum. Uh-huh. And I relate to <laughs> the lack of social skills and the blurting out of things and the terrible... Just everything but being uh, a genius where I notice things because I don't notice Jack. Um, but so this is this Lady Sherlock series is very funny because it's a, an imagining of essentially like an, a middle or upper class uh, aristocracy kind of woman who is a Sherlock is a Sherlock Holmes, right? And so she has you know she's a savant. And has the Sherlock Holmes skills, but her family expects her to marry. Ugh. And she's like, I don't wish to. I don't think I'm good for marriage. I'm not marriage really material. And so when she is a child, she makes a deal with her father. She said, if I don't marry by the time I'm 25, will you uh, send me to school so I can become a headmistress of a school? Because that seems like something I could make a good deal of money at. And he reneges on the deal. And um, Rude. Rude. And this is all in the in the first you know, 20 pages mm-hmm. of the book. So I'm not really spoiling anything. Um, but so she decides, well, if she gets laid, then she is no longer marketable. Brilliant. In the, and so she just. Problem solved. Problem check solved. Check. Right. So she, of course, picks the dumbest. She unfortunately picks like Roger Shrewsbury. Sex and, is always good when it's someone you hate. Well, it isn't. Roger isn't good. <laughs> Roger isn't any good at it, uh, and she doesn't need him to be good at it. She just needs to deal with uh, her hymen. Yeah, and so get this done. Get this. Check this off. But Roger gets all drunk, goes home to his wife, tells his wife um, that he's he's going to do this the next day because uh, Charlotte Holmes has asks him has asked him to remove uh, her maidenhead. Uh, the word maidenhead, maidenhead. In, is actually typed, which makes me laugh because of Victorian England. Yes, so cute. and so, um, so she is not cast. She is she. Ha- they're like, we're not going to cast you off. We're going to lock you up in a sanitarium. Oh, fun! Right, because they're like, well, now you're just an embarrassment to the family. We're <laughs> going to lock you up, and so she runs away and becomes Sherlock Holmes. Perfect. And so, but she is. It's a fascinating sort of examination of. Again, sort of the the expectations of Rules women, for women and, and, and women and, and these things. How so, terrible they were! It's yeah, it was, and it was all, and it's all this, and there's a there's a inspector in it, there's a a cop in it, who is just he is in love so much with his wife, but his wife also has ambitions, and he is could not be more confused. Sort of like what we were talking yes. about, you know, about how they're just decent men who are like. Well, I was raised that I'm supposed to be enough for you. Right. And I'm supposed to give you everything you want, which makes me a piece of shit because I can't. Mm-hmm. And so it's this great examination of this dude's psych psychology, too, where he is a good person. Yes. But he has been sold a bill of goods that he ca- he's having a hard time, you know, being, 
you know, and nobody wants to be bossed by Sherlock Holmes. Uh, (laughs) Men don't even want to be bossed by Sherlock Holmes, much less Charlotte Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, painfully true. Ugh. Uh, That expectation, I devoured Gentleman Jack this year. There's a lot of good stories around, you know, women or people who just find themselves trapped in uh, an expectation they don't meet. Yes. It's a story we love to tell. Uh, it's. I think we're trying to encourage other people to not care about other people's expectations. Yes, which is good. And to change the people who have expectations and to not... Right, you know, and, and, and to sort of alert people who have expectations. Hey, do you see in a fictionalized situation how that hurts somebody to have expectations? And on? how that's a pain you don't have to carry? Right. That's You, know, you <laughs> can unburden yourself as I well. I fucking love fiction. Yeah. I love fiction for just that. And when it's something like... Like Murder, She Wrote, where, and I and I feel bad to, because I I know that I've referred to stuff like that as craptastic. Oh, it's or, terrible. Look, it, Murder, She Wrote is actually surprisingly good. There's a couple fun, at watching it again with a nerdy, uh, I've been in Hollywood too long, uh, and I don't even live in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> there are good shots. Like, it's pretty well made. There's yeah. some interesting, compelling shots. You always know where your eye's supposed to be. There's a couple, like, tactics it uses, like building tension by showing Jessica just throwing open a door. Like... You know, wow. uh, she'll be in the living room and there's a noise outside and you get the shot of her going oh, to the looking, door. You're looking at camera work. Yes. Because oh, it's a it's a a cheap show yeah. on a lot. Like it didn't have to be good. And there's a couple tricks and a couple things that Angela Lansbury does really well. Mm-hmm. You know, throw the camera outside, point it at the door, and her face is exact like the tension really holds yeah. for these tiny little cut shots. Yeah. But you know they shot all together at the end. You know, it just yeah. she's really good and there's a couple camera tricks that work consistently pretty well for uh, a slightly above average um so it's good to look at but is the script always good no well some of the acting is hilariously bad the costumes are awful it's not a good show right well but the thing (laughs) is is is, is what i uh, but i feel bad because i have two bits about romance novels where i refer to it as poorly written and poorly researched (laughs) which is not entirely fair Mm -hmm. because sometimes they are there are great lines in it and there's great sentiment in it and there's so much power in some of these things that are quickly written sure quickly researched because uh if you write romance novels you're supposed to publish at least two a year and they're 350 pages a piece and you're yes. like jammity jam 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 and you're like how do i describe his parts again right and uh, you know and so but um the saurus throb how many different yeah and uh, and so but and so i i I, I would like to say publicly on my own personal podcast <laughs> that I feel bad when I, because things like that, some of those things are quickly written and poorly written, mm-hmm. but some of them are very powerful and, and well-written. And like, you don't always need even something the to be, quote, well-written for it to have the impact that you needed. Yep. You know, you're, like a bookshelf doesn't have to be exclusively legend. Like, right. sometimes twice a year you need a romantic story that takes you away. And Dragon you Riders of notice, Pern. You know. I'll tell you when you notice Dragon Riders of Pern has some troubles is when you listen to it on audio. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, I wish she had read this out loud in 1968 when she was writing it. It's uh, not what they're for. And it's, it's not what they're for. They're so and they're, good at what they're for. They're so good at what they're for and they do and they make you think about these these uh expectations and about these larger issues so i love i love that so Uh, yeah let me just tell people it's robot caitlin that's me it's caitlin gill 
the name of the album is Major. It's, it's Major. Ca- it's coming out on August 2nd, and it's a picture of you and your dog. It's my silly dog. What uh, kind of D.O.G. do you got? Good question. She is Scramble. Is uh, she a Scramble? Is uh, her name Scramble? Her name is Major. Oh, her name's right. Major Margaret Hot Lips Houlihan. <laughs> Uh, if you've had a MASH episode. Uh, no, but uh, I have a guy that what Gregory Bach wants to do MASH. That's this. terrific. Yeah. Uh, she has a beautiful feathery fluff. So we named her after a feathery icon. Uh, oh, okay. She is a, she looks like a German Shepherd got hit by a shrink ray. She's probably <laughs> oh, she's tiny. Chihuahua, Sheltie, and Terrier. Okay. Uh, she's like 12 pounds. Okay. Yeah, so my mother-in-law has a tiny dog named Tyson nice. uh, that is a, like a Chihuahua mix. And um, I co- constantly call Tyson FOMO because <laughs> uh, Tyson is like, what are you doing? <laughs> Is it something that I should be doing? <laughs> it's just a fun dog trait. Engaged. It's a beautiful dog trait. It's hilarious. She rules. Oh, I got good. a good one. I got yeah. a beautiful, easy, fun dog. Uh, oh, well played. She's and a travel buddy. I oh, and, her and you bring everywhere. Her? Is mm-hmm. she coming with us on this tour? Yeah, she'll be there. She'll be, she'll there, be there at the. Uh, she'll be there. In she'll the be day. in the car, and she'll be in Seattle. Yeah, I'm going on this tour with my dad. So oh, uh, my right. dad and I are driving. Is your dad going to be in the car when we drive from here to the Bay Area? No. Uh, that with Chris you Fairbanks? Will be spared. Uh, <laughs> you don't ever have to be in the car with my dad. Um, I did. Uh, it's Is funny. Your da- <laughs> yeah. We talked about getting uh, using my family home, which is too much even if I get my family on Airbnb. Uh, or even if you make your family leave. Just leave. Um, he's just so much fun. And he's 65. He's Jessica Fletcher's age. Um but he's, you know, he's a fun dude, and he's kicking up his heels all the time, and he's yeah. driving at night. Let's go while you still got it in you. Like, <laughs> we like hanging out. He's always been super unreasonably supportive of this career, and we well, had a lot of him. fun just driving back from Portland to the Bay. And he was like, That's "If a you good have any 16, other road trips, let's do it." Um, Sixteen hour. We made it. Yeah, certainly into too long. Uh, Did you do it in one day? No, we stopped oh, at Seven Feathers Casino, which is why my dad wants to go on road uh-huh. trips. Is because he's discovered highway casinos. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, it went from here's a two day trip. You had fun. Are you ready for a month? But yeah. we're gonna go out uh, all over the west. Um, and it's your gonna dad's, be fun. And your dad's gonna come. All right. my dad and the dog. You, your dad and the dog. Now uh, we're almost at an hour. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. Is there anything that you would like? Where should people start? Can they start in the middle? You can really jump right in. You don't have to know anything. Because um, they're Monster of the Week ones? They're, oh man, that's a good question. Um, I can't think. There's some fun bottle episodes. There's a bus stop episode that's great. If you looked up Murder, She Wrote Bus Stop. Uh, <sighs> that's pretty great. Uh, that's, man, that one's terrific. There's <laughs> love from the past, which bore fruit of child, but unbeknownst to the guy oh, who's yeah. a hard-bitten writer. Is sure. Oh, that's good. Uh, there's, I mean, start on a Dennis Danton episode. Treat yourself to a little octogenarial <laughs> love triangle, love heat. Um, octogenarial. They're in their 60s. If you're a fan of any character actor, work backwards. Uh, look or, them up and see if they were on yeah, Murder, See she if Rip, Tur- Rip Torn was on I'm Murder, I'm certain that he was. Um, the whole cast of Dynasty was, if you're a Dynasty fan. Bill Maher was, if you're a Bill Maher fan. Oh, uh, <laughs> There's uh, Brian Cranston, as I mentioned. So start with the episode. Oh, uh, Courtney Cox. Um, oh, wow. A few other funny and wonderful ladies. Um, yeah, just pick somebody. Pick a character actor you like and then work backwards, see if they were in Murder, She Wrote. It's on Amazon Prime, the first five seasons. Uh, the first five seasons are on Amazon Prime um, yes. that you can just watch. That you can just watch. And awesome. I highly recommend it. It's great background noise uh, when you're yeah. just doing stuff. You're not going to miss anything. Don't we're- worry. <laughs> 
Um, they will catch you. You up. will be caught up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you can bop around, and uh, it's 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 pretty great. I may watch a Dennis episode after. Watch this. a Dennis episode. I'd be so happy to bring Dennis Stanton to a wider audience. <laughs> I just think it's a great character, so well performed. I'm so tickled by it. Caitlin Gill, thank you for being on the Dork Forest. It's more than an honor, Jack. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat. My hat. My hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?